August 14th, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. Do I, Paul, not have as much freedom as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my hard work that you are in the Lord? Even if others think I am not an apostle, I certainly am to you, for you are living proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority as an apostle. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? Don't we have the right to bring your Christian wife along with us as the other disciples and the Lord's brothers and Peter do? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expenses? And have you ever heard of a farmer who harvests his crop and doesn't have the right to eat some of it? What shepherd takes care of a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? And this isn't merely human opinion. Doesn't God's law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says, Do not keep an ox from eating as it treads out the grain. Do you suppose God was thinking only about oxen when He said this? Wasn't He also speaking to us? Of course He was. Just as farm workers who plow fields and thresh the grain expect a share of the harvest, Christian workers should be paid by those they serve. We have planted good spiritual seed among you. Is it too much to ask in return for mere food and clothing? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? Yet we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than put an obstacle in the way of the good news about Christ. Don't you know that those who work in the temple get their meals from the food brought to the temple as offerings? And those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord gave orders that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet I have never used any of these rights. And I am not writing this to suggest that I would like to start now. In fact, I would rather die than lose my distinction of preaching without charge. For preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't do it. If I were doing this of my own free will, then I would deserve payment. But God has chosen me and given me this sacred trust, and I have no choice. What then is my pay? It is the satisfaction I get from preaching the good news without expense to anyone, never demanding my rights as a preacher. What I want to do primarily is one thing. I want to testify to this. I want to testify of our Heavenly Father's wonderful, saving presence in our lives. Our Heavenly Father's wonderful, rescuing presence in our lives. In hopes that when your life is difficult, when you're facing times of uncertainty, overwhelming odds, difficulties, darkness, that you'll be inspired to remember the promise of Scripture, that the Father is with you. And in those times, that would be for you, as it has been for my family and I, enough to know that your Father who loves you is with you and He sustains and holds you in the darkest hours. 
of your time here on earth. When life hurts, when things are messy and seem out of control, when all is unfair, unkind, and seems to be ending badly, what is the issue? And what does it mean to not be afraid? That's ludicrous. What does it mean to not be afraid? And what does it mean to fear God in those times? Jesus explains, verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Therefore, do not fear. He doesn't say that a sparrow will never fall. He says the sparrows will fall. Christ and scripture are very, very forthright. Bad things happen. Even to innocent little birds. Bad things happen. Tragic, unfair, senseless things happen in this world and in our lives. That's just the way it is. What he's saying is, they do not happen apart from your Father who is in heaven. Bad things happen, but they do not happen apart from your Father. God is never absent from the equation. As the NIV puts that phrase, sparrow will not fall outside of your father's care. Bad things happen, but it never means that your heavenly father doesn't care. Jesus says, don't, don't be afraid of what can kill you. Cancer is not the thing to fear. Fear God. Fear God. Don't fear circumstances. Fear God don't fear people. Fear God, don't fear pain. Fear God, don't fear death. Fear God, don't fear what they might do to you. Fear God, don't fear rejection. He says in an interesting way, fear him who can throw both body and soul into hell. Kind of strong language. In the New Living Translation, it says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear only God. The idea being, he's the one who's greater exemplified by the phrase who can destroy both soul and body in hell. People can only do so much to you, but God is far greater. He holds eternity in his hands. He's getting that. He's trying to make the disciples think about the things of eternity. Don't be overwhelmed by the mere temporal circumstances as bad as they are. I want you to think about eternal things and let it bring you to the fear of God. This is what it means to fear God. To fear God is to revere respect, honor, extol, and trust him enough to believe by faith that he is good, sovereign, and present when life is hard, cruel, and out of control. That's what it means to fear God. And then to honor him in that way. You see, life is always going to present things that will incite fear, right? Illness, Pending death, rejection, financial hardships, failure, loneliness, abandonment, the unknown, loss of control. And when these things happen, we have a choice to either fear God or fear everything else. And to fear God at the very minimum means to trust Him. Everything around you is saying He can't be trusted. Faith in the pace of pain is this trusting God's goodness despite any apparent evidence against it. 
Jesus moves us to this logic. The reason that we don't have to be afraid is nothing hard happens apart from our Father's care. So we, we can't accuse God anymore of not caring. Jesus said that's not true. He always cares. He's always present. And his presence proves that he cares. And it soothes our fears. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. It's the only answer to that question. I'm in the valley of shadow of death. I won't fear evil. Why? For thou art with me. Today we'll be reading Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22. We'll see God's Word in worship. We dare not separate worship from the Word of God, for we must worship in truth. The better we know the Scriptures, the better we'll be able to praise in. We'll see God's Word in creation. God spoke the universe into existence, and His Word controls it. What a powerful word that is. We'll see God's Word in history as we read through this psalm. The nations may confederate and rebel against God, but you know what? His Word will prevail. Military strength is no guarantee of success. God has a plan for the nations, and He will fulfill it. And we'll see God's Word in your life. The Word that created and controls the universe can also control your life. When you trust His Word and obey it, all the universe works for you. When you abandon that Word, all the universe works against you. Never fear the will of God, because it comes from the heart of God. Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people He has chosen for His own. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From His throne He observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts, so He understands everything they do. The best-equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear Him, those who rely on His unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We depend on the Lord alone to save us. Only He can help us, protecting us like a shield. In Him our hearts rejoice. For we are trusting in His holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Proverbs 21, verses 11 and 12. A simpleton can learn only by seeing mockers punished. A wise person learns from instruction. The righteous one knows what's going on in the homes of the wicked. He will bring the wicked to disaster. Disaster. 